welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. As we approach the end of 2022, it is always interesting to look back and review the year. In this episode, we invite our guests, Helen Morgan and Andy Bridge, to look back on this year and share some of the highs, lows, opportunities and challenges schools have faced. Welcome, Helen and Andy, and what a year it's been. We've had a revolving door in education with five secretaries of state for education, Nadeem Zahawi, Michelle Donnellan, James Cleverly, Kit Malthouse, and the current post holder, Gillian Keegan, that's got to have made a massive impact. So Helen, welcome. And let's start by chatting about what impact do you think this has had on education? Yeah, it's great to be here, Georgie, and nice to see you too, Andy. Um, I think a revolving door is a a great description um, for this year in education. But I think when you, you look back and you think we've had, you know, five secretaries of state and I think the five of those were in four months. Um, what's probably fairly clear is that education doesn't seem like a priority for the government. And I think, you know, alongside it not being a real priority for them, their policy isn't clear. Um, With every new Secretary of State, everybody in education is concerned about whether there's going to be a policy shift. Um, The education bill is a good example. It was in. um, Now it's out, but it's not quite out. There are bits of it that are still going to be in. So taking the Christmas theme, it feels a little bit like the hokey cokey. Um, I think for schools, I think on a serious note, there are, you know, huge questions over funding. Um, And I think they're causing school leaders some real concern. Um, You know, there's an unfunded pay increase. Um, There are significant issues with um, school buildings. And I think schools with the the energy cost um, crisis are really struggling financially. So, you know, I think in, in, in some respects, there's a bit of a lack of trust with the government. Um, and questions over that relationship um, yeah. with the profession. Um, yeah, definitely. I think schools are really, really like struggling. What's going to be thrown at them next? And I yeah. think um, really we're crying out for some stability here, aren't we? So, Andy, you've been at the the thick of this, at the front of it, and just recently gone through your uh, Ofsted inspection. So what things have been at the top of the agenda for schools are you finding? Morning, Georgie. Yeah, it's been uh, it's honestly, it's been a, a, a funny old year with so many um, people coming and going at the DFE, and I don't know. Normally, that would, like you said, bring a sense of oh, change is coming. What's going to happen? A bit of uncertainty, which I think it did. But then, once you get to the fifth one, it's like a, a bit of like change fatigue, and people, you know, it's a bit kind of rolling your eyes. Someone new, another set of changes, or will it be out by the end of the month? So I think, as Helen said, there's that. Um, lack of trust and lack of consistency that people need to to thrive really. Um, in terms of what's been the top schools agendas this year, um, in primary schools I would say there's been that real focus on on the basics that some of the children will have missed in lockdown, so the fundamentals of reading, writing, um, 
you know, there's been a massive increase in referrals to speech and language therapy where some of those children that were very young during the lockdowns haven't developed the same um, skills that, that you would normally want to see in the um, EYFS stage. Uh, and, and the social and the emotional skills as well, I think, has been a huge priority for schools to, to embed that back in. Um, kind of at secondary level, we've seen a, an absolutely huge increase in safeguarding referrals for children needing mental health, wellbeing and support. Um, and that is just growing year on year on year. There's very, very limited capacity with CAMS, um, extremely long waiting lists of so schools having to find their own solutions and staff and resource um, that kind of mental health wellbeing support internally, um, which is perhaps something previously that they would have just been able to outsource. So I think that's been um, a real priority this year. And then picking up some of the things from pre-COVID, the 2019 um, inspection framework's been kind of back with a bang this year. So there's been a lot of work the school's been doing on curriculum, uh, making sure that they have a clear curriculum intent, the curriculum's well sequenced, but also having an eye on the gaps in knowledge that some students may have from um, from the lockdowns and the inconsistency with remote education. Um, I would say the biggest challenge we face this year has been absence and that's student and staff absence. So, um, you know, previously you'd maybe be looking at 95, 95.5% attendance um, across England as an average. Um, it's much, much lower than that. Towards the end of term, um, secondary schools were looking at 80%, 85%. Um, students in school, huge challenges with staff illnesses, um, COVID still prevalent, lots of other kind of bugs and chest infections that um, people have suffered from, maybe having uh, lower immune systems than we'd usually have in the winter. So that's been a massive challenge and, and the students that are probably most significantly affected by that are the most vulnerable ones, the SEND, the pupil premium, um, are where we're seeing the hits in the attendance and the engagement and the, the harder to reach families. So They've been some of the things that we've been trying to trying to get on top of this year. So yeah, definitely, there's been lots of uh, information and challenges that have been thrown at schools, and and yeah, it, it, I think we we shouldn't underestimate the impact that um, the pandemic's also had on sort of mental well-being and health. Um, I know there's been quite a lot of initiatives you know, here at Connects Education. We're involved in um, training up senior mental health leads and been approved by the DfE. But there's there's lots of requirement for that to be considered and put brought to the forefront, um, as well as sort of all of the other elements that you mentioned there, Andy, as well. So um, so, you know, catching up and establishing routines again for students, particularly the young ones. Um, they've got large sort of gaps of learning that are missing and um, it's only really truly becoming clear now the impact that COVID has had on on vulnerable individuals as well. So Helen, what, what have been some of the highlights of this year, things that schools and educators can be really proud of? Let's get some positivity here on these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in lots of different schools, both in the UK um, and, and around the world. And I think one of the things that schools can be hugely proud of is the work that they've put in to actually establish some semblance of normality. So, you know, in lots of schools, productions are back, um, school trips and visits are happening extracurricular clubs are taking place, um, parents are back in school for face-to-face -face meetings and I think for me um, 
that sense of the school as a community um, is is really starting to establish again. And, you know, there's a, a strong heartbeat, despite all of the challenges from, from lots of schools. I think in, in secondary schools and high schools, it was the first round of exams. Um, and the work undertaken by schools to get students ready for those exams after the level of disruption they've had, I think is a, a real credit to teachers, to school leaders, um, to parents for their support, but also to the to the young people themselves. I think, you know, we forget how resilient um, young children and teenagers have, have had to be um, during the pandemic and we're still not out of it um in in lots of respects but i also think you know one of the, you know when we when we kind of talk about education we need to talk about teaching don't we and learning in the classroom and i think there've been some huge strides in schools throughout the pandemic and moving out of it in terms of the way that schools approach professional development um with teachers and particularly that focus on cognitive science engagement with the research looking at best bets in terms of classroom practice um andy i don't know what what, what have been your your highlights what would you add to that yeah I'd, I'd agree and build on that and say um i'm quite proud of some of the work we've done with cpd um we've just been through a big audit process and actually when, when you post your kind of audit that makes you look back you think oh yeah we've done that we've introduced that that we've been part of that national research study we've done this that's been um you know evidence informed so i think that's been um really good to get that back up and running and then just like you said the the resilience of the students like seeing the students this summer um sit a level exams that have never sat a formal set of exams ever in their life before to go straight into their a levels having not sat gcse exams and see them get the results go off to university or apprenticeships or find employment was um was brilliant this summer to kind of see that sense of it, it it's teaching is very cyclical isn't it and, and we're used to seeing the same things every year at the same time of year and actually to have that sense of normality back on a results day and and see the students move off into the different things they were um wanting to was was lovely this year yeah i think all all, all lovely stories to actually share andy and actually getting back to back to the basics and the things that really the importance of the school community and and uh, we we lost that a little bit during during the pandemic and actually giving that sense of um, sort of stability for the students more than anything as well I think yeah. and uh, being able to support them and, and monitor them more closely because they're now back in with us um, really really good so Andy also what have been some of the challenges schools have faced across this year then um, Helen mentioned earlier funding. Funding has been a massive challenge. I know there was uh, recently some additional funding um, announced, but I think that's, that's only to take us back to 2010 levels. So it's not um, it's not kind of new money or going above and beyond what schools were used to having. Um, but certainly this year, as Helen said, with um, teacher pay rises, support staff pay rises that were very well deserved, but completely unfunded, so needed to be found out of the existing budgets and energy bills the the purse strings have been tightened a lot and there's been a lot of school leaders having to look at very difficult decisions about redundancies and what areas of school life they're going to stop offering and cut back and how that might affect the curriculum and, and that's never a nice process to do when you know that the cuts that you're making are going to have a direct impact on the provision for the children it is 
like is a massive challenge. I think that um, that challenge isn't going to go away um, as we move into next year. It'll probably um, be something that we're struggling with for a while. And then it, I guess the as much as it's nice to be kind of back to normality in some ways, um, you know, as Helen said, the trips, the visits, um, the enrichment side of school life. We've also had the kind of no let up with Ofsted, high expectations, scrutiny of exam results, um, you know, in, inspections expecting things to kind of be back where they were with some understanding of context. But that, that's been tough for school leaders and rightly so, you know, it's public money and um, children only get one one chance at their education. School leaders should be held to account for the quality of it. But um, it, it's been quite intense to to manage that and support the well-being of the children and the staff at the same time, balancing that with the high expectations of, of what we used to deliver. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that, you know, there was a lot of talk during the pandemic that the education environment was going to change and that we this would be a big shift. Yeah. But we if we're not careful, we're, we're guilty of falling back into sort of our old ways and our old habits. And it's good to capture all the good stuff, but there was an opportunity there for us to really, really shift and change things. So let's hope there has been some lessons learned throughout um, those experiences. And I'd like to ask both of you, thinking and reflecting on your year, what 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 did you both learn in, in 2022? Helen, shall I start with you? Um, yeah, um, that's a great question. I think, you know, um, I think one of the biggest things that I I learned kind of, and it always kind of reminds me um, of it probably about this time of year is that, you know, children and teachers and school leaders um, do incredible work um, in spite of often huge challenge. And I think one of the things that I've learned is is the importance of just always keeping students at the centre of what you do. Um, and I think despite, you know, challenges with funding, Ofsted, um, the revolving door, when you go into a school um, and you walk through that door, what you actually see is people, um, regardless of whether it's teachers, teaching assistants, associate staff, school leaders, all trying their best for, for the young people and actually young people responding really, really well to that. Um, you know, kids are hugely resilient. Um, and I suppose that's my big takeaway, you know, always be optimistic um, about that. Andy, what would you say that you've uh, taken away and learnt from this year, given all of the the uh, different challenges and things that are faced? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, looking back at these 12 months, it's probably been the first 12 month period where we've had everybody back face to face for a full year, um, kind of uninterrupted absences and, and illnesses aside. But um, I, I think there's something about that power of being in the room and uh, I was saying this as we sit on Teams recording this, but like Teams and remote learning and stuff was, you know, a new set of technology for people to get used to. And there's loads of benefits, but I just don't think there's anything quite the same as being together in a room and the sense of community that um, is brought with that and the that sense of togetherness that schools can build when you are all together in the room in the building supporting one another that's been really nice over the last 12 months to get that back 
I think that's always got to be a positive. It's that sense of community and and sort of you know that big that big cuddle, put their arms around each other, and we've got this. So uh, and it, as you said, working remotely, it, it can be quite challenging to um, and brings along uh, isolation quite often. So what are you most looking forward to over the festive period, apart from lots of mince pies, Andy? Ah, uh, you know, for me, it's just like that chance to just stop to just change the pace a little bit um lots of nice things seeing friends and family lots of trips and visits out but no alarm clock no sense of like frantically being late for things and rushing and looking at my calendar to see where i should be next and what I should be doing next just a, a bit of a different pace over the next fortnight is definitely what i'm looking forward to and and well well deserved i'm i'm sure i know you've had uh, quite an intense few weeks so uh so definitely, and and the autumn term typically is always the uh, the one that's uh, the yeah, hard the yeah. hardest yeah to go yeah go on sorry Andy no no I was just saying yeah that that autumn term is always uh, always tough it always feels long and exhausting but this year I think has been particularly intense so I think everybody's probably grateful of the break now yeah absolutely and Helen you've been off traveling and and seeing your international colleagues so uh, what are you most looking forward to over the festive period yeah I'd, I'd probably um concur with andy which is putting um my laptop lid down um and just switching off um i love the mince pies i think i have a, a one a one a day mince pie <laughs> habit during december um and I think, you know, my kind of great luxury is two cups of tea in the morning before you have to do anything. And on a work day, that's nearly impossible. So two cups of tea before I start doing anything. Yes, sounds, sounds really, really rewarding. And, and you, I know you've both worked tremendously hard, Andy, with your school and your, your community that you work with. And Helen actually going around and supporting educators internationally so it's always a privilege that you both find the time to sit and chat with us here after the bell um, because I know you're very busy people so um, and your insights and contributions for our listeners is, is great greatly uh, greatly received so thank you for taking the time today and uh, next week we're actually going to be focusing on our final podcast of the year. I can't believe I'm saying that, but the end of series five of After the Bell. So we're going to be focusing on emerging trends in education for 2023 and how we can continue to keep learning coherent whilst focusing on priorities. Um, also, how we can still meet the needs of each and every student with funding cuts and addressing support for the vulnerable um, and send, as we've referred to recently. Our After the Bell podcasts are released on a weekly basis, provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. Alongside these, we're also going to be reintroducing our webinars in the new year, which are offered free to the educational community, including teachers, leaders, tutors and teaching assistants. So whether you're an early career teacher or looking for a refreshing approach to teaching practice within your school, these will be ideal for you. Um, thank you both, Andy and Helen, for joining us today and reflecting back on a, a very busy year in the government and education indeed um for 2022 and it'll be great to have a chat about what we're looking forward to and the emerging trends in 2023 this is after the bell thank you